0: If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything that you need all in one place. Let me tell you about it. Anchor has all the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, it can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, it is totally free. What's up guys, welcome back to the podcast. So today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a shorter podcast and it's going to be a podcast that is actually pulled from a video that I did a few weeks back on my YouTube channel where I shared some tips and tricks about fall fishing. And so what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start pulling the audio off of these videos and turning them into podcasts for you guys so that if you don't have time to take out and sit down and watch a video you can listen to the information on the run. It'll be turned into podcast form so you can listen to it while you're on the way to the gym, at the gym, working, mowing, sitting in your office, wherever you happen to be that you can't just crank up YouTube and start watching a video and just make it a little bit more efficient for you guys. Now, Usually I pull all the audio from my Friday Night Lives and turn them into podcasts, but I've been taking a little bit of a break lately. If For you guys that don't know, I'm actually an elementary school teacher, and so the whole time I was doing Friday Night Lives, I had time off, nearly six months because of the whole quarantine thing. Well, now that I'm back at work, I cherish those Friday nights. I'm sure you guys understand once you've had a busy, stressful week, you just kind of cherish Friday night to hang out with your family, hang out with your wife, go fish and do whatever you want to do, and so I've kind of put the Friday Friday night lives off for right now until we get back, probably on summer break, and I can have those Fridays back to hang out and to make podcasts. But until then, I want to keep giving you guys podcast to listen to and a lot of people say hey man I love the videos I listen to the audio so what I've done is I've turned this into podcast form so you guys can listen to it on the run if you want to and just be able to have a more efficient way to listen to the podcast. So that's what I've done just wanted to take a minute and tell you guys that and also of course tell you that this podcast is sponsored by Monster Bass. For you guys that don't know what Monster Bass is is a subscription-based company and once a month we're going to send a box full of tackle straight to your front door. Now what's cool about Monster Bass is it's not a new idea to the market, but it's a new way of kind of executing on that idea. What we do is we handpick the baits that come in the box. So what that means is somebody In the region of the country that you live in, as well as the time of year that you're fishing, is going to be picking the baits that come in your box to make sure that you have the tools that you need to go out and go catch some bass. And really, the idea with monster bass is to broaden and to deepen your tackle box so that you guys have more tools to go out and catch fish in your area. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, I'll have a code down below. It is SAVE15. That is S-A-V, the number 15. It'll get you $15 off your first monster bass box. Go down there. Click that link, get yourself a Monster Bass Box, and check it out. But as always, guys, thank you for tuning in. To thank you for taking time out of your busy week to come listen to the podcast and enjoy today's episode. Welcome Welcome to the Outfit Fishing Fishing Podcast. That have totally changed the way that I look at fishing. One of those is the whopper plopper, the second is the glide bait, and the third is what we're going to be talking about today, and that is the chatter bait or the bladed jig. This little bait right here totally changed my perception and understanding of what works in certain conditions, certain water clarity, and it's turned this bait into a bait that I feel like I can take anywhere in the country and put fish into the boat with. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. As always guys, before we get into this video, thank you for taking time out of your busy day, your busy week to come hang out with me and to watch this video. If you're new to the channel, please hit that subscribe button, that like button and go down below and leave me a comment and let me know that you are new to my channel. The community, has been growing like crazy lately and it's all because of you guys and I really, really appreciate it. You're liking the videos, you're commenting on the videos, you're viewing the videos, you're sharing them with your friends and it is just making this community grow like crazy and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you guys, again, taking time out of your busy day, your busy week to just come hang out, to watch my videos and to listen to what I have to say. So let's get into today's video and let's talk about the Chatterbait. So like I said, there are very few baits that in my life have totally changed the way that i look at fishing and what i mean by that is how i approach the lake how i approach a certain set of conditions water clarity whether it be up north, when I'm fishing with my buddy Ben near the Great Lakes and a bunch of inland lakes in Michigan, whether it's down south near the Gulf in mixing water, you know, where it's like tannic salt freshwater mix with a bunch of largemouth and a bunch of redfish, or it's here in Tennessee, whether it be on the Tennessee river system or on some clear highland reservoir that has no grass or anything in it. The bladed jig totally changed the way I could understand what I was looking at on the lake and the tool that I needed to pick up to go catch fish. When I finally figured out the bladed jig and understood how to fish it, where to fish it, what to fish it on, what to pair it up with, and everything about this little bait, it it changed the way that I looked at fishing. So let's go all the way back. Let's kind of start with where I started with the bladed jig, and that was about two years ago. Now, unlike a lot of baits that I talk about, whether it be the jerkbait, the crankbait, the Texas rig, a topwater, you know, a lot of those baits I've had in my hand my entire life. So for you guys that don't know, I've been fishing literally as long as I can remember. My earliest memories are going fishing with my dad, and some of my earliest memories are having a bait caster in my hand and throwing a crankbait and catching fish. And so cranking and throwing on a jerk bait and a lot of these power fishing techniques are just inherent to me. I just know how to do them because of years and years and years of just doing them. Well, the bladed jig or the chatter bait is not one of those. This is not a bait that I picked up until about two years ago. And so I had to figure out the process of throwing this bait. What is it good to throw on? What is it good to throw with? What pound test, what rod, what baits work for me? And it all started with the jackhammer. And I'll be honest, I had zero success on the bladed jig until I picked up the jackhammer. I had a lot of original chatterbaits. I had a lot of, you know, other combinations of what you would call chatterbaits or bladed jigs. Whether they be split ring attachment or direct attachment, whether it be brand name Z-Man or whatever else other kind of brand you can think of out there that's made the bladed jig because it seems like everybody's got one. I never really had a ton of success until I picked up the jackhammer. And when I finally picked up my first jackhammer and I started throwing it, it's when it all changed for me. That's when I started catching fish on this bait and it's when I started having success. And so now I know there are a lot of people that don't fish the jackhammer, They refuse to fish the jackhammer because it's expensive. And it is very expensive. And I know there's a lot of people who catch fish on the bladed jig that aren't jackhammers. And you know, one of those that we're gonna talk about today is the Strike King thunder cricket which i've had a ton of success on as well and there's a ton of success i've had on other bladed jigs that are jdm but there's one constant with catching fish on the bladed jig for me and that is the attachment point i have never had success with any other attachment point other than direct attachment and so what that means is as you guys can see there that blade is attached directly to the head of that chatterbait or that bladed jig there's no split ring or any kind of other connection in between that blade and the head of that jig and so the the one consistency that i have found is that the second consistency that i have found is is the jackhammer i mean i don't know what it is about the bait itself but it's what changed bladed jig fishing for me i mean i went from having almost zero to very little success you know a lot of little fish nothing consistent to consistently catching fish knowing where to go throw the bait to catch fish catching more fish in areas where i had thrown bladed jigs in the past and not had a ton of success with it and it just changed bladed jig fishing for me now do i think it's the jackhammer itself or do i think it's gaining confidence in the the technique i'll be honest i think it's a combination of both i think the jackhammer is probably the best bladed jig out there right now there's something about the design the way that the blade is attached to the head the blade thickness the way that the blade contacts the head everything about this bait is just right and there's baits bait like that out there i mean there. are you know, you look at the XD series from Strike King, it's just right. You look at the Rage Bug, for me, it's just right. You look at the Head and Spook, it's just right. You look at the Spro Frog, it's just right. You look at the Mega Bass Vision 110, it's just right. Everything about it is is just good, correct, and it catches fish. And I think that the Z-Man slash evergreen jackhammer and and more originally the evergreen jackhammer is just right and so i think when i got my hands on that bladed jig and started fishing it more is when the confidence came and i'll tell you a lot of fishing is just confidence when you get confidence in a bait when you can pick it up and know when where and how and why to go throw it it's when it totally changes gears for you you know you go from tooting along in second and third to you're dropping it down and screaming down the track and knowing you can go catch fish on something and so for me it started with the jackhammer, And and i really just believe that it was a bait that is it is the best that is offered out there right now and so for me i was able to go out and catch fish and gain confidence and start catching more fish on the bladed jig now once i started catching fish on the bladed jig is really where i did a deep dive into it i wanted to figure out every aspect of catching fish on a bladed jig that i could took a deep dive into learning the bladed jig all across the country and you know i've kind of settled on what i fish with now color combinations, color choices, and the bladed jigs that I actually use. So for me right now, my two go-to bladed jigs and the ones that I have primarily in the box, except for a few JDM um, selections, which we'll talk about here in a minute, are the Evergreen Jackhammer and the Strike King Thunder Cricket. These are the ones that I've caught the most fish on, the ones that are most consistent for me, the ones that have put the most fish into the boat and the biggest fish in the boat. And both of these, again, have that direct connection with the blade to the head. Now, as far as colors, color combinations, I've got a whole bunch. Like I said, I took a deep dive. I bought black, blue, orange, pink, gray. I mean, everything that I could to figure out what worked for me. And, you know, consistently, it is some kind of green pumpkin shad pattern, you know, where you have both together. A black and blue, obviously for when you're fishing darker, or more tannic water, and then just a straight up white, you know, some kind of shad pattern. I've obviously got other shad patterns here in the box. Let's see, Um, you know, like like a white and chartreuse or something like that, you know, just some kind of shad patterns, but green pumpkins, darks and shad patterns really are the constant for me. Another constant for me is the blade. I always paint the blade on my bladed jigs. Always. Now, this was something that it was from experience that I started doing this. What happened to me is I was actually fishing um, one of these. I, I don't know if I still have it. I may have lost it now, but I was fishing the Thunder Cricket, is what I was fishing. Up to the point when I got the Thunder Cricket and started using it, and this was, you know, early you know, early 2019 when they released it at the Classic. Actually, it was it was very early 2019. I got it right before the Classic, right before its release. I was fishing this bladed jig and you know, this white comes with a silver blade. So I've actually painted that blade with a Sharpie. And what was happening is I would be reeling that bait in and I would get just absolutely smoked, but I could not hook these fish or I would get smoked and I would foul hook a fish. And i couldn't figure it out i was like what's the deal what's the problem you know i kept on kept on kept on and one finally followed it up next to the boat and when he followed it up next to the boat he smoked it and what he smoked was not the bait itself but the blade he smoked the flashing of the bait that that bass made a a direct attack on that blade And I set the hook into him and totally missed him because he hit the head of the bait and not the actual bait itself. I sit down, I paint the blade. The next four fish that I catch have it absolutely choked in the back of their throat and they're coming up behind it and eating it like that. And so ever since then, doesn't matter what conditions I'm fishing in, I paint that blade. And a lot of it, again, just has to do with the fact that uh, I had success painting the blade you know in that scenario and i noticed that a lot of fish that would try to eat my bladed jig would just totally miss the jig itself and try to hit the blade and and so i started painting that blade and i've done it ever since on every bladed jig that i've ever had and you know some of these bladed jigs you know like your green pumpkins they come with a pre-painted blade, your blacks and blues, they come with pre-painted blades. Some of the jackhammer colors you guys can see here, I've almost wore all the paint off of this one, but even the green pumpkins and some of the shag colors come with those painted blades. And so I look to get the ones with the painted blades or I paint every blade myself and I feel like I've had more success with that. And so, you know, as I get into it, I start diving into the colors. I start diving into painting the blades. I start diving into the modifications and all that. And then the next thing was trying to figure out what the best trailer was. Cause you know, there's a ton of trailers out there on the market for bladed jigs. Again, there's no right answer, right? There's no right answer. But for me, what I've found is There's really two trailers that I go back to. Number one is a Strike King Menace Grub. Okay, Strike King Menace Grub. Now, very specific on this, it's rigging it vertically and not horizontally. So what that means is I am rigging the tails of that Menace Grub in line with the hook point. And I've talked about this before. I actually did a whole video just talking about why I do this. But what it actually does is it creates a limp in that top tail. And, you know, I was telling a lot of people, you know, go out, rig this thing vertically. You'll have a ton of success. And they would message me back. They would email me whatever it was. And they would say, Alex, it's the top tail isn't working. The bottom tail is working just fine, but the top tail isn't. And I really believe that that is why I've had success on it. That slow limping you know almost injured look that it has attracts those bass i tell people all the time that a bass is no different than any other predator in the world they look for the weaker they look for the slower if you've got a prideful lines that are hunting gazelles or hunting buffalo or whatever they're not going to go take on the biggest baddest cape buffalo out there in the herd they're going to go for the weak old one or the young injured one and so i think that that limping action that that top tail gets, creates, number one, an inconsistency that they can key in on. Because if you look at a lot of video that have been done with the Alabama rig or whatever bait it is, they'll key in on the one that looks different. And then number two, it gives off a vibration in the water is something is injured. You know, obviously, You got that blade in front of that bait just absolutely going crazy. So that's going to attract them. But I think once you attract them, once they hone in on it, especially if they're not reacting to it and tracking it, that that slow limp of that tail can be the thing that gets those fish to bite. So my number one trailer is the Strike King Miniscro. Number two is some kind of segmented straight tail shad trailer, right? This happens to be the Yamamoto Zako. That is one of my favorites. I also love this bait because it gives it a little bit more bulk, but that segmented tail just gives a very erratic, crazy action in the water. And then another one that I've been digging is this little bait right here. This is from Big Bite, and this is their—I think it's called the Shad On, or the, something like the Sh- Swim On, or Swims On, or something like that. And I started experimenting with it last year because it was one of the only companies making a a trailer that matched that new fire crawl from Z-Man and we'll talk about this here in a minute this is something new that I just started with last year but some kind of straight tail split tail you know segmented trailer something that doesn't have a kick itself but really just interacts with the action of the bladed jig something very erratic it makes that bladed jig hunt all over the place and that's what I've found is you know when you pair it up with that menace that bait is going to hunt um, it isn't going to hunt as much. It's going to be more of a straight retrieve and you kind of got to put the action into it. But when you go with like the more straight tail trailers, those bladed jigs are going to have those hunting actions and be all over the place. And so really color trailer You know, I match the trailer to the color. Sometimes I'll mix it up like with my green pumpkin, you know, I'll run a white. Sometimes with my black and blue, I'll run a green pumpkin or vice versa. But for the most part, I try to match up the trailer with the color of the bladed jig. And those two trailers and those two bladed jigs are what I have found the most success on. So once I made that deep dive into bladed jigs, you know, which ones I was gonna throw, the colors that I was gonna throw, the trailers that I like to use, that's really when I had to start diving into the rod, reel, and line setup that I was going to throw. I started out throwing it on what I would throw my spinnerbait right on because I really viewed the bladed jig a lot like the spinnerbait. It was a 7'3", medium heavy, fast action, loose, custom, or I lose TP1 black, and it's the same rod that I threw my spinnerbait on, and I just wasn't having the consistency as far as putting fish into the boat that I wanted to. I knew there was something different about the bladed jig than the spinnerbait, and I could not figure out really what it is. And, you know, I started researching a whole bunch, watching a lot of videos, talking to a lot of people that are a lot better at me than bladed jig fishing, and and kind of what I collected was that there's something about the way that the blade interacts with the head on that jig that can blow a fish's mouth open. And so what I mean by that is, you know, if you're fishing a faster action rod, you set the hook into that fish. It's kind of like punching. You know, I've talked about punching before. You don't really want to just absolutely jack them or slack line them. You kind of want to pull into them more because you don't want to blow their mouth open. And so I think the way that that blade interacts with the head on that jig, and when you actually set the hook in on it and you create, tension, you got to imagine you're creating a really big piece of metal and lead that can hit the front end of that fish's mouth. And I believe I was blowing some of those fish's mouth open with that blade and with the head of that jig. And that's why I was losing some of them or not hooking them how I wanted to. And so to remedy that, I started throwing a glass Cranking rod or a composite cranking rod, you know, composite between glass and graphite. I started first with the loose David Fritz cranking rod. I loved using it, it was really good. It was just a little too parabolic, a little too much glass. I moved to the loose Custom Pro cranking rod. I love that rod, still have that rod. I use it for liplesses and stuff today. Um, and but I, you know, there's still just not something there that I wanted that I loved, right, that I love throwing it. And so this year, I'm experimenting with the loose custom speed stick. And so far, this is really my favorite bladed jig rod. I love it just because of the simplicity of it. you know, it's got that exposed blank handle. I also love the way that this rod loads up. It is a moderate action. You know, it's a composite rod, but it loads up very well, and it's a very slow action, but it shuts off into a very, very hard backbone, which I think is super important. I want the moderate action because, number one, it allows me to throw this bait a long way. Number two, it's a slower action. You know, you're not going to set the hook on that fish as fast as you would with, say, a medium-heavy fast action you know, with that fast action rod, when that fish eats that bait, the rod itself already will start to work with you to set the hook into that fish. That's why we use it with things like jigs, Texas rigs. We want to hit set that hook as fast as we can, but with things like more reactionary baits, you want to let that fish have that bait because we're moving it really, really fast. And so when that fish, you know, whether they slash at it or come up behind it and try to eat it or knock it against the bottom, We want that rod to not work as fast so that we can drive hooks in and not rip them out. And so what it does is it really lets that fish get a hold of that bait. But then when I do set the hook into them, two things happen. Number one, I'm not blowing their mouth open. That slower action rod, it's going to allow that bait to really get in their mouth and drive the hook in. And then number two, it really drives the hook in because it's slow, slow, slow. Locks off into that good backbone, and then I can get that big hook into their mouth because you know, with most of these bladed jigs, with the Thunder Cricket, it's a five-aught owner jungle flipping hook, with your bladed jigs, it's a Gamagatsu flipping hook, I believe. And so, you've got a big, thick hook in there that you got to get into that fish's mouth, but all at the same time, you're not wanting to blow their mouth open and rip that bait away from them. That little bit slower action rod is what I've had found to have the most success on. And then I've got it paired up with a six eight gear ratio reel. A lot of the same thought processes like a spinnerbait. You know, I'm I'm a fast fisherman. Um, like a squirrel on crack some days. And so like I'll fire that bait out there and just be reeling it in, you know, looking for that reaction bite, treating it like a crankbait. And so if I'm fishing a 7.5, I'm just fishing it too fast. So I fish 6.8 just to slow myself down a little bit. And then I pair it up with some 17 pound fluorocarbon. And I'm throwing this on a loose Super Duty. The loose Super Duty is really kind of like a 200 size reel, a little bit deeper spool, a little bit wider spool. It allows you to put a lot of 17 pound on there so that you can just absolutely you know crank that bait out there and cover a lot of water and really in in all that's where i've come to you know i i've learned how to fish this bait where to fish this bait what to fish this bait around to really learn how to catch fish on this bait and you know i'm starting to experiment now with more different colors like i said Um, That fire crawl, a lot of my fish, I love throwing some kind of methylated red, black based crankbait. And so when they came out with this and the chatterbait, I thought I've got to try it. And it's become something that late in the fall, early in the spring is a killer color for me. And I think it's just because it does a good job of mimicking like those Rayburn Reds, those Chili Crawls, fire crawl, whatever it is, but you're able to present it in a way that you can't present any treble hook bait. You can put it in places you can't put other baits. And then plus you've just got that that sound of that bladed jig. I'm starting to experiment with a lot of JDM bladed jigs. Now the JDM bladed jigs is important. And the reason that it's important is because you get that direct attachment point on the head of that bladed jig. And so in Japan, there aren't any patent laws about how to actually attach the blade to the head of the jig, where in America there is. Z-Man owns the patent on how those those blades attached to the head. And so if you do a direct connection, you either have to pay a lot of money to Z-Man to let them use that technology, or you're gonna get your ass sued. And so in Japan, those patent rules don't apply. And so the Japanese have been able to, since the bladed jigs inception, create a lot of very unique bladed jigs that you can't find on the American market that have very unique actions. They're made to be applied in very unique situations. And so I've been experimenting with a bunch of different ones, trying to figure out where they work, where they work best, how they work. Um, because I truly believe, and, there's, and the consistency still there, that direct connection bladed jigs are the way to go. I think there's something about the way that that blade hits off of that head, it connects with that head, the way that it's connected, the blade thickness, everything about it is just what it should be. And so, yeah that's where i'm at i mean i'm still in a learning process you know i'm still learning different bladed jigs how to fish them where to fish them what to fish them around i've had a tremendous amount of success on this bait and like i said it went from a bait that i had zero confidence in and never threw to something that i throw all the time 12 months out of the year i've got it tied on 12 months out of the year i feel confident that i can pick it up and go put a fish in the boat somewhere with it whether it be highland reservoirs grass lay downs muddy water clear water tannic water northern water southern water I don't care what it is the bladed jig for me is now a tool that I I love so as always guys thank you for watching questions or comments you know where to go leave them go down in the description I'll have all the bladed jigs all the trailers rod reel everything I talked about today linked down below so you guys can check it out also I'll have some videos linked down below from all the footage that you guys saw throughout this video of the different bladed jig fish that I caught so you guys can go watch those videos but As always, you guys are sweet. Thank you for watching.